Welcome to the Gear Slum, your one-stop shop for all things star culture nonsense. I'm Aaron. Um, I'm Phil. I'm Cole. We slum it hard so you don't have to. Hello. We slum it hard. I'm sorry. I asked for a manager, not a supervisor. <laughs> not an oh. assistant manager. I want Ooh, to speak you're to the your manager? manager. Okay. Well, then I would like to speak to your manager. <laughs> uh, give me the number for corporate. <laughs> I'd like the number for corporate. What is your name? Don't say it. Oh, man. We're coming in hot today. It's possessed there for a minute by the ghost of Karen's past. Karen Filippelli? Yeah, dude. A Filippelli. She has so many ghosts in her past. Yeah, dude. All those all those uh, casualties of war. Yeah, dude. When her dad was a GI. <laughs> Man. Are you guys big Quincy Jones fans? No. Oh, Actually, right. that's not true. Because, like, he was on, like, he, like, worked on, like, a million records that yeah. I think are super awesome. So... Was he like a producer for a long time so. too? Yeah. Okay. yeah. Like like half the Michael Jackson, the early Michael Jackson stuff. Like Yeah. I think um Rick James, like a lot of Motown stuff, right? Uh probably. Was he like a record exec? He was something like that. I'm realizing I don't know very much about Quincy Jones other than <laughs> His daughter is Rashida. Jones. I'm glad you let off the podcast with that then. Well, because we're talking about Karen. No, oh. he's her papa, her papa, her pair. He's basically like, uh... oh crap, why am I forgetting his name on American Idol? Randy Bo-bice. Jackson. He's basically Randy Jackson. He played bass. Oh, <laughs> no, he's not. Wait, was he in? Was he in Journey? He too? has moves. <laughs> He says dog a lot. Little pitchy dog. dog. No, he's not like that at all. Dude, on Vanderpump Rules, a show that I watch all the time. <laughs> we know. You'll you'll enjoy this. One of the there's these two guys named Tom and they're both their best friends. The Tom, they call them the Toms. Um <laughs> they actually are part owners of a restaurant with Lucy Vanderpump called Tom Tom. Anyway, here's the <laughs> So one of the Toms gave to the other Tom, a samurai sword autographed by Randy Jackson <laughs> as Dude. a birthday gift. <laughs> How cool is that? <laughs> That's pretty freaking cool. That's amazing and so so weird. Because it, it's from Step Brothers, right? Isn't oh. He the, oh, yeah. The samurai sword, <laughs> Randy Jackson samurai sword. Oh, that's so amazing funny. and it's actually signed by the real randy uh-huh. jackson yeah because he's like why are you giving me a sword <laughs> it's like no that, open it. <laughs> that one anecdote makes me makes me think they are way more endearing than i ever thought anyone on that show would be oh yeah there's some terrible people on there there's some people that are like the toms are pretty pretty fun you everyone have to watch it's, it. it's no don't watch it i mean you can but you're not gonna like it <laughs> It's not like Teen Mom where there's no protagonist on the show to be had. No, really. it's basically like, I mean, they're all pretty crappy people, but within the subset of crappy people, you're like, oh, that guy's not too bad. Yeah. And they're That's not crappy. like, 
they they're probably not all aggressively like immorally crappy or whatever no they're just like okay we are attractive like rich, people rich douchebags right and they're not even when I mean, they're rich now they're more rich because of the show but at first they're all like they're basically like struggling actors and models that work at this restaurant i did not know that is this like a yeah. jersey shore spinoff no so lisa vanderpump was one of the original well she was on the real housewives of beverly hills okay so so she's rich so she was super rich so then she had a spinoff show called vanderpump rules which is basically was following the people that work at her restaurant okay okay so it's like it's like an uh they're like the people that live downstairs or work downstairs or yeah so they're like hollywood people but they're like all like three to an apartment kind of thing so they're like the guy who dresses up as the hulk in front of man's chinese theater they're like model. They're like dude. They're all like models, and like they want to be actors and singers and stuff. Did you guys see that documentary is like, about? Is the rules? Is it like because she rules, or is it like these are her guidelines? I have no idea, to be honest with you. It's like when Vanderpump they say guidelines. Judge, it's like when they say Judge John Hodgman rules. <laughs> it's a double meaning. <laughs> it's like Sandy Dimas High School football rules. Are these? No. Do they have their own rules for football, <laughs> or were they ruling in a court of law? <laughs> are they like? Are they a ruler? They measure things. <laughs> I think it's because, like, I think it is like she's the queen kind of thing. She rules over them. Yeah, yeah. Not like a list of rules. Did you? Did you guys but ever? And also, that- they work for her, so they do have rules they have to follow. That she. Did you see that documentary about the guy who? Well, it follows a couple of them, but it mainly focuses on the guy who dresses up as Superman and goes in front of Man's Chinese Theater. Oh, no. And they're all like one step away from being homeless. And some of them actually are homeless while they're doing it. But it's basically like these knockoff actors yeah, yeah, who aren't actually licensed and like take pictures with people and then hope that they'll... I mean, they're basically panhandling essentially, but... They with, want like tips, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It was depressing. I bet, dude. But I don't, I don't know. Like there's that dude in Las Vegas who's like a statue, and he just stands yeah. still. Yeah, exactly. And then he moves every once in a while into a new position. And it is crazy. Like it, it sort of highlights this, which I'm sure most of those people in Vanderpump Rules are the same way. Where, like, there are still so many people who are taken in by this dream of stardom, and like, they're going to move to Hollywood and become an actor, and that's how these people are too. Yeah. And they're basically yeah. just living in squalor. Yeah, thinking that sure. like oh we're gonna get discovered yeah like for these people their big break actually ended up being they randomly chose a right restaurant to work at exactly like they reality show yeah which is hilarious (laughs) to think that somebody like it used to be i'm gonna go be a waitress until i'm discovered to be an actress or whatever and now it's like i'm i'm gonna be a waitress and really hope that i get hired at the right restaurant where they're making a reality show (laughs) yeah so um with adrena from the hills Mm mm-hmm they, the story I heard was that um, when they started, the, like it's a spinoff from the OC, and uh, Heidi and uh, Low mm-hmm. get an apartment together, right? In Do they the call hills. them high and low. No, Heidi and why am I forgetting her real name? Lauren. Oh, right. <laughs> Lauren, but not LC, the other Lauren. Um, 
the producers of the show just saw Adrena like by the pool and they're like, Hey, do you want to be on a TV show? <laughs> and That's she was like, wild. go ahead. And they're like, so it's yeah. just being, it's just, you get a job just from hanging out and being pretty. Well, yes, it was because she was pretty, but it was like she, the proximity of being. Yeah. She in just the happened to live that, in the right complex. Yeah. So she, same situation. She was not looking for it. And they were like, hey, we need more people to be on this spinoff TV show. And you happen to live in this building. Are you interested? And if she would have said no, they probably they would have found a different. Oh, yeah. You know, it's not like they were going to talk her into it. Yeah, right. Yeah. Please. You're the only pretty girl in Los Angeles. <laughs> Hey, I'm going to go watch Vanderpump Rules because you told me to. All right, right now. Better be good. Right now, right now? Yeah, while we're recording. Oh, dang. Watch it. Don't watch it. Don't watch the new ones before you watch the old ones, though. Okay. Because the relationships that are in place in the original are not in place now. I'll tell you that. You're blowing my mind. Are you telling me these people... (laughs) But it's all like the same people. Down for but life. here's the thing. It's all the same people. Oh, yeah. They're just organized very differently. That's shocking. It's awesome. You're going to love it. How much of it do you think is scripted? If you say none of it, then you are the most naive man on the planet. <laughs> I wasn't going to say none of it. I was gonna, almost said 90%, but I don't think it's that much. I think it's more now than it was early on. Because, oh, yeah. That's every, that's every reality show, right? Um, yeah. Like Pawn Stars probably was pretty unscripted at first. Pawn Stars is kind of the uh, the litmus test. I so here's what I think. I, I, I've, I've watched some behind the scenes stuff for the first season. No. Of course you have. <laughs> yeah. And the producers were talking about like. The DVD extras. Basically like, okay, this happened. And then the, we were like, oh, we need, to, we need to like, can we do that again so we can get it on camera? Yeah. So it's like right. basically. Which like, that seems less insidious. Yeah. <laughs> Which is still super weird, though. But then yeah, it is also gross. like, it is also like, hey, if you guys go do dramatic things in your life, there's yeah. an incentive for it now. Exactly. You, know? you want more camera time? Do something crazy. Yeah, exactly. Be a crazy person. Which You'll that's why I think so. Come at me like a pack of piranhas. It's so <laughs> quaint. Like it's so great to watch some of the early reality shows in the early seasons before, like the first season of Survivor, when everyone was just like blown away that you could just lie. and now and it's become like you know it's been distilled down to like you know this absolute science and the early seasons of real world for example yeah when it was just people like actually going to like learn about other people instead of just like trying to kick off their crappy music career or whatever (laughs) man remember real world seattle when that guy smacked that girl in the face was that puck no, Puck was in San Francisco, I think. Oh, yeah, he was in season one. Huh? He's the one who put his finger in the peanut butter jar. Oh, damn. <laughs> Not even a metaphor. No. <laughs> it sounds like it, though. Dude, that was like legit. Like, they had him. He was like, and then they had the guy who had AIDS and ended up dying like soon after the show aired. Oh, dang. Of like AIDS related stuff, you know? And now it's Jeez. just people going on there so they can get drunk and sleep with a bunch of people 
Sounds good to me. Yeah, I mean, it's just another form of good, <laughs> right? Two sides of the same coin, I guess. The show, I, I, I don't remember, like, there was a turn, and I don't, I'm, I'm sure that there's, like, it's probably documented, like, what season this was, but I remember it was, like, the under the guise of, like, oh, real-world problems, real-world problems, and then one season it just went to, like, hot tub orgies, yeah, and like I'm just sure. from like one season to the next, it was just like boom. Well, and, originally uh, they had jobs, right? They would like make yeah. them get a job, and then that was like the I don't premise think of that it. Happens anymore, or I don't know if it. I don't and they would all have like the same job. Or... They'd go work at some yeah, like salon or yeah. waiters <laughs> or something like that. Yeah, and even though like you could tell just by like what was shown on the show, they were probably working like twenty hours a week at most or whatever. Yeah, yeah, but they were still expected to like show up and stuff, not be mm-hmm. total train wrecks. Right. Those are the good old days. Remember when Cops wasn't scripted too? Dude. (laughs) Those are the good old days. Cops. Gotta love Cops. Cops is a great show. Cops are great. Cops are great, you guys. Cops are good. Police is good. All of the cops are good. (laughs) Even the retired ones. Cops Cops are good. Police is good. Uh, nothing. Yeah, nothing negative police to say. Police is good. Yeah, police is good. Okay, so Phil, let's um, play your game. You have a game? Yes. Let's do it. Okay. Okay, Aaron. Or should I do my thing first or second? No. All right. I mean, no. Okay, you do yours. I'm saying no, you want to go end on yours or end on No, mine? I'm doing mine right now. No one right? on yours because that's okay. our call to action. Oh, good. All right, let's go. Okay. This game is called. This guess game that is called guess that, that pedal pedal review. review review pedal review guess that pedal review. Okay, this is by G Tapiri. This review. <laughs> This review is by Bar Farkas. Bar Farkas. Dude, is that Scott Far- is that Scott Farkas's brother or something? It's a two-star review. Are you sure it's titled, not Barf Arcus? I wish that I had passed on this one. Uh, Reviewed in the United States, May 14th, 2015. I really, a, really want to like this pedal, but I just can't. Hmm. I can't find a usable sound in it. And it couldn't be more user unfriendly. Of course, man. Now that sentence couldn't I've be more had it user for friendly. a while. I can hope to love it someday, or sell it for half of what I paid on Craigslist. <laughs> oh, he's he's not saying what he paid on Craigslist. He's saying he can sell it on Craigslist for half of what he paid on Amazon. I'm not sure. Oh, I can hope. Yes, it's all for half of what I paid. Sell it I was going to say, if you bought it on Craigslist, you should be able to Craigslist. sell it for about the same you bought Not it for. Half of what I paid on Craigslist. Yes. <laughs> I got you. Okay, what do you think? It's like, why'd you pay so much for it on Craigslist? What do I think it is? <laughs> uh, tube Screamer. I'm going to guess that you have not <laughs> seen this pedal. Oh, wait. What are we, what are we playing? <laughs> yeah. What would you give this pedal out of five stars? Uh, is it an overdrive? 
No. How many knobs does it have? Good question. One, two, three, six. Does it appear to be a digital pedal? I mean, to your knowledge, is it digital? Yes, it has to be digital. Okay. Oh, is it a delay? No. Is it a modulation? Yes. Is it a tremolo? No. Is it a multi-effects? No. Is it a chorus? It has to be digital. Is it like a pitch shifter kind of thing? Some kind of weird thing? (laughs) It's definitely in the category of weird. Is it a rainbow machine? Oh, Gorg Miku? No. No. Remember that pedal? Yes. That was great. I remember watching the Chapman review for that and thinking it was so funny. Chapman was so funny. And then it's weird to me in hindsight to think like, man, I really like those Chapman videos. What's wrong with me? Old Chappers. Old Chappers and the Captain. Focus. Okay. It's it's some it's a weird is it like pitch? Is it doing some kind of oh, is it doing some kind of synthesis? Is it like like yes. the like an organ is like a B nine or a C nine? It is not one of those pedals. Is it, is it a key nine? Are are we on the right track? We is are it, veering further away from the right track. Is it an electroharmonics pedal? It is. Is it the oh. worm? No. Is it pitchfork? No. You said it's some kind of synthesis though, so it's like taking it's like taking your guitar input and then generating a new signal based on that. I believe that's what it's doing, yes. Is it a pog? No. Is it the tattoo? No. Is it, have we definitely heard of this pedal? Uh, yes. It's not like I didn't know this existed. That's, it's not that kind of a thing. Hmm. It's not that kind of a thing. Don't make fun of How me. How big is it? I'm not making it funny. It's pretty freaking big. At least it, it looks really big. Okay. Is it the electric mistress? No. How many knobs did you say I had? A whole bunch? Six. That's not that much, but it's pretty. How many foot switches? Two. It's not the micropog? No. no. Macropog? No. Pacromog? No. <laughs> Mopog? Copachi? My paw on the Devco pouchy. Is it a reverb pedal? No. It's modulation, right? Well, and it's like a weird modulation it's pedal. Not the Ocean's said. 12. He said it's a weird no, modulation pedal. I'm sorry. He said it's a weird modulation. <laughs> <laughs> he said. He said. <laughs> uh, the pocket rocket. Ah, oh, crap. I don't know. Why can't I picture what what type what type of effect is it? Is it a specific type of effect? Can you tell just by looking at the pedal what it is? You can yes. Well, you can tell by the name. Is it like an eight like a eight step thing? Like a sequencer? I don't know what that means. Like a step sequencer? I don't think okay, so. So no. Is it a ring is modulator? Looper? Does no, it have a looper no. in it? No. Is it a ring modulator? Did you say no to that? No. Is it an like a vocoder? No. Good guess. Hmm. Oh, you hear that, Aaron? I did. Read that sentence that I made fun of, by the way, that it could not be more user unfriendly or something. 
<laughs> that sense is so poorly written. <laughs> I love it. it so much. Okay. Right, what did you say? Uh, I can't find a usable sound in it, and it couldn't be more user unfriendly. <laughs> it couldn't be more user unfriendly. Holy or crap. just less user friendly. Yeah. Be more user unfriendly. User unfriendly. <laughs> it's like aggressively unfriendly. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Is it some kind of like filter pedal? What color is it? Is it one of those that's like the metal and then it's just painted on top? Yes. <sighs> is it like a talk box? No. You guys are gonna be mad when you hear. Crazy. Is it one effect or two? Oh. Uh, is it the oh it's the the freaking the cock the cock cockapoo nope. or whatever it's called. Oh stop saying that. No. Stop stop saying cock. that. Cock. <laughs> Almost like, once. Hey, cock. Cock. It's the cock. No. It's <laughs> 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 uh, not the it's not the holy stain. Crap. No. It's not the soul pog. No. The pulse hog? Not the tone tattoo. The topo? No. It's not the turnip greens. No. It's not the. It's not in the overdrive family muff. at all. Is it like? He said it's a modulation. I know. It's a. It's not a ring mod though. You said that. I said that it is not. Okay. I said it is. Okay. It is the most. Okay. Un, it is the most not un. Is it vibrato? No. Is it chorus? No. Why are you getting angry? Is it pitch shifting of any kind? Is no. it fla- phaser? It kind of it. No. Is it flanger? No. Because they had that a tremolo. Fork. Is it a what? It's not a tremolo. No. Is it it's some kind of shifter? weird. He said it was like something along the lines of, like some kind of synthesizer pedal. But it's not the B9 or the C9 or the key 9. But you said those aren't even close. It's none of the nines. Is it the epitome? No. Is it a bass pedal? No. You Is know what? Treble you pedal? Lose. I'm going to have to tell you what it's called. Okay. It is the Electro Harmonics Ravish Sitar Emulator. Yes. Pedal. Crap. Uh, How did you say... how? The freaking B9 and C9 are so close to that. How would you say I'm getting colder? They're almost identical, except they're making a sitar sound instead of an organ sound. What? Dude, sitars and organs are very different sounds. I know, but they're taking the pitch of your guitar and turning it into a different instrument. Everyone knows. Like, think of the music that has an organ and the music that has a sitar. But that has nothing to do with this conversation, <laughs> Phil. What the hell is wrong with your brain? I don't like the Dang. word ravish. I think that's like an actual... Is that like an actual thing? Is that like... Because I think... Ravishing. Yeah, no, it's because it's, it's, it's designed... Uh, that guy, Ravi Shankar. That's, uh, yes, okay. that's got to be yes. what it is. Okay. It's I like, think my dad saw him in Berkeley. <laughs> Probably. Dang, I mean, that was that a good one. And I definitely him. knew that pedal existed, but I will say you threw me off by saying I wasn't close with the B9 because this is basically, I 
I almost guarantee that it uses the exact same input, like, you know, analysis. It's older though. Like, right. I don't even know if that pedal exists anymore. I don't think it's older than the B9. No, I don't think so. It could be though. I don't know. I mean, I I honestly don't know. Yeah. You don't know, Aaron. So maybe you shouldn't say that. (laughs) Okay. Next pedal review. This pedal review is by David James. It's a one-star review titled Great Sound, Poor Quality, and Poor Support. Don't buy. Reviewed in the United States on January 10th, 2017. Okay, this is uh, first. First, we've got a list form of things that I'll read. Um, Pros. Excellent sound quality. Cons. Breaks easily. Poor manufacturer support, best uses, performances, professional recording. <laughs> now, <Interesting. laughs> yes, now here we go. Out of the box, the pedal sounds great. Everything works except for a glitch that brand name chooses to blame on everything but their pedal. I updated it to the only 2014 firmware update available bought at brand name adapter and it's useless brand new from gc when you turn it off on looper mode and connect it back again no matter which effect name you choose it won't work unless you turn it off. It's flashback. On a different That's a flashback X4, name right? Other than Looper. And then this is part of his review. Describe yourself, colon, professional musician. <laughs> Wait, he's asking himself these questions? <laughs> I guess. <laughs> professional musician. Service delivery comments. Customer service was useless. The folks at GC tried, but had no clue either. Bottom line, no, I would not recommend this to a friend. Sounds like a professional musician. I think it's just the normal flashback. It's not. Is it one of the flashbacks? It does not have flashback in the title. Is it a TC electronic pedal? It is. Is what it was the, the alter other ego? It is. Yeah. 69 points for Cole. Booyah. I've never had a delay pedal. It's obvious. It's like an obvious feature to bolt onto a delay pedal, like a digital delay, because a looper is basically just a really long delay, essentially. But uh-huh. I've never had one work well. Because doesn't don't some of the DD pedals have a looper mode on them? Or is it just the flashback ones? I've never... I mean, they probably do, and I've never messed with it. Part of it is like the flashback, like it's only got one foot switch. So it's not easy to, you know, function. And I think you you actually have to turn the knob to looper mode, right? Is that one of the settings? Yeah, I think so. Alter ego. Okay. Wasn't the alter ego just the flashback with different 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 tone prints? Yes. Yeah, it is. Yes. Because you had, did like, you have the Alter Ego cooler. X4? I had, I've had, 
I've had both flashbacks and both alter egos. <laughs> That's wild. <laughs> They're good pedals, though. They are, and then I, I don't know. There's just something about them that. When I is it going to be a thing to like start collecting those TC pedals from the 2010s? <laughs> yeah. Like all the guys are going to finish their Dan Electro collections of all the food <laughs> pedals and then start collecting the tone print pedals. The mini ones. I got, dude, I got all the mini tone prints. <laughs> so good. Well, that was a good one. Okay. Last review of the evening. Oh, I was going to say the looper on the X4s works really well, but you can't access any delay sounds while you're using it. So it's like even on the x4 really sucks yeah there's that so seems... many freaking foot switches what a waste i know it's ridiculous. that is think, so dumb. or maybe like you can but then you can't turn it off it's like weird yeah isn't the x4 like freaking huge too it's massive yeah oh yeah like, and it has four foot switches they put right freaking yeah. hardware and software in there that like could make it do two concurrent yeah. things they could like they have more computer power than like they needed to land on the moon yes yeah, I don't think it has that much more processing is the thing. It's just like, it just happens to be bigger. They could land on the moon with that pedal, Aaron. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they could they land on the moon basically like in a Yeah, with like a potato chip or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Last review of the evening. This is by Legals. It's a two-star review. And the um, uh, the review is in the United States on September 13th, 2016. Was able to get pretty good Garcia type sounds with the middle setting and the, uh, that gives it away, and the drive all the way up. But it really only worked well on the something and something. While the high end tones were dead and the low tones were too loud and farty. All other settings yielded either subtle or horrible tones. Nothing subtle about it. It sounded like my speaker was blown. Some that hurt my ears and I feared would damage my new tube amp, which is loud at three or four. So oh, I man. need to roll That's the impressive. volume back on my guitar, which makes this pedal pretty ineffective for me. Didn't have high <laughs> expectations for this, but they weren't met. Returning it, not worth it for one okay setting. Might work well if you usually plug directly into a computer or a quiet amp with your guitar's volume all the way up. Might one day try the regular pedal name. I have EHX's Holy Grail Max and love it. So it's not like I don't trust the company. This pedal just needs some. It's an EHX pedal. I'd say. Or maybe it's just wrong for me. Is it the Electroharmonics Blurst? No, it's oh. oh crap! But it's, it's some kind of Jerry Garcia pedal. 
Yeah, it's got to be like a okay. There's one like comment a in that review. You want me to read the comment? Yeah, Jerry Garcia didn't use this kind of pill. You freaking idiot. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Envelope filters are very sensitive to the amount of input. So if yeah. you roll back the volume on your guitar, you have to adjust the sensitivity of the pedal drive on this one. And it well, changes the overall sound. I've learned this about my MXR pedal, and I find it easier to set with the instrument output almost all the way up. I'm looking to getting then his a amp is too loud. Inv filter so I don't have to adjust drastically between two different bands I play with. <laughs> Just have a separate pedal for each band oh set accordingly. Plus, I want to try out the pedal name sounds funkiness. Dude, I thought I hated the original reviewer. Now I hate that guy even more. Yeah. Is it, is it the Cocktois thing? The it the is cock, not cock, called Cockwa. Cock, cock, Is it the Qtron? <laughs> yes. Boom. Oh, Qtron. It's the QAnon. Nice. Q-tron. You know what? I love. You know what's funny about the Qtron is it's a clone of the Mutron. Yes. What? Which is the pedal that Jerry Garcia actually used i feel like we had this conversation at one point and that's the only reason i remember that huh. why q though because it's eq oh maybe i don't know or like the q of the filter of the envelope yeah the q you filter. know what i don't like i don't like that electro harmonics makes pedals that are called micro this is called the micro qtron and it is not yeah it's just their normal micro. size pedals because the it's Q-tron, larger than normal Oh, is it like a, is it like, no, that's their micro size though. I know. And that makes me mad because they're, they're <laughs> little ones that are like normal size are called nano. That yeah, is true. So, <laughs> so obnoxious. So well, it's because their <laughs> most famous pedal was the freaking big muff. Yeah. That one's big. And things like the size it's of like a laptop. When you go to a, when you go to a restaurant and they're like, how would you like your steak? And you go, uh, medium. They go, okay, just so you know, our medium is medium rare. No. Yeah, it's like, no. well, then freaking call it medium rare, you dumbass. Yes, don't freaking tell me what your... <laughs> yeah. No, that's not what that means. You, We all have a shared meaning of words. You yeah. can't just change meaning. You don't just get which to is, change Which it. is why I kind of appreciate it when you go to a place and like they only have medium or large and they don't have a small. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, good. It's like, we know, this is America. Like yeah. you're not getting a drink that's less than 24 ounces, so we're not gonna insult like it's your weird when you go to a, jo- a place and they're small is like 32 ounces or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's, I'll yes, just have a small funny. Coke. Okay, here you go. Dude, I'm excited uh, that I knew one. But also, like gallon. his the whole premise of his review is that oh my amp is too loud, and when I use this <laughs> overdrive pedal, it makes it even louder. Like you freaking idiot! What do you think is gonna happen? Like turn your amp down. You can turn it down. He's got obviously got like some Fender amp. Like just turn it down below three or four. <laughs> like nobody ever runs their amps that loud, unless they're gigging. I'm a gigging musician, so I do quite a bit actually. Describe yourself. In fact, <laughs> yes. In fact, I was going to mention the Patreon because it's been not being able to play any gigs has been really hard on us financially for over the last few months. Um, we've sacrificed. 
I mean, we didn't have any gigs lined up, but like in theory, we could have if all this mm. coronavirus stuff hadn't happened. It's a liberal hoax. Hadn't so patreon.com slash face the nation. Oh. I thought you meant like your band's Patreon. Oh. <laughs> face Unafraid. You know my band's name. Face the nation, Unafraid. Don't do that, Aaron. <laughs> Don't do that, Aaron. <laughs> How dare you? Why are you upset about it, Phil? <laughs> because, <laughs> because being dismissive in a hurtful yes, way. You, because you choose to be dismissive just to screw with him. And you do it to him. You do it to me more, more often than you do it to do him. It to all of us. <laughs> I don't do it to you. Oh. Is this? Don't you dare. Is this that new game <laughs> called Is Aaron being an asshole? <laughs> <laughs> is this a new segment of that game <laughs> hey uh, hey hey those were good reviews phil thank you i like all game three of those today. delivered they gave us good clues i mean the, the alter ego probably gave us too much of a clue or we're just so smart but they were all very good both i appreciate you phil thank you i do too it's too late, Aaron. You're just piggybacking off of my thing now. <laughs> piggybacking off your thing all night. Yeah. <laughs> hey, let's get off mom's because I just stopped piggybacking yours all night long. <laughs> did we talk about that on the podcast or is that before we started? I think we did. Yeah. Was, I don't remember. If, yeah, because we were talking like about Remember the before. Titans. Or I made that dope joke about the best scene in Clash of the Titans is when they go to Gettysburg. <laughs> I didn't get it. Uh, and if we didn't, then all over again. It is a good joke. Too bad you guys need Clash to the Titans. need to be part of our private conversations. Actually, guys, full circle. That reminds me. We of have a fun bit. together. That reminds me of a bit from uh, The Office where Pam, Pam and Jim are talking about renting movies, and she she says she was confused and then you you put together that she thought she was renting the sandra bullock film 28 days Mm -hmm. and she accidentally rented rented the movie 28 days later both great films which is about a zombie apocalypse you could argue that that rehab is scarier alcoholism and rehab are scarier than zombies well because one exists yeah that's a pretty good movie like this is a trick what do you not think alcoholism exists no <laughs> I mean yes I mean it's not a trick it's just like a tiny it's a tiny bit uh, I love that Norm Macdonald bit about alcoholism he's like I know it's a disease but like as far as diseases go it's got to be one of the best ones right <laughs> Alcoholism is a disease, but it's the only disease you can get yelled at for having. <laughs> Damn it, Jim. You have lupus. <laughs> that, was, that was my Mitch Hedberg moment. Ah, oh, that's good. <laughs> you nailed it, too. <laughs> you have lupus. <laughs> it's such a good choice, too. Like, I don't know why lupus is funnier than most other diseases he could name, but it is has a funny name i mean it's, yeah it yeah. is it's it's good. Loopy. i'm Loopy. sure 
oh, I wonder how many. Like, think about how long it took to write that joke. Just totally. Like, you have cancer? No. You have Lyme? No. He Lupus. chooses his words Lupus. very carefully. Yeah. He did. Speaking of He's speaking of great comedians, Phil, tell us the best part. You mentioned your Zoom meetings earlier. Tell us the best part about your Zoom meetings. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I said that on the podcast. Oh, you did? About the beards. That there's a man named Norm MacDonald? Oh. oh, oh, that. That's a different, yes. There's a gentleman I, I am Zooming with frequently who is, whose name is Norm McDonald. <laughs> and he regularly leaves his camera off so it just says so Norm McDonald to just his his name in bold letters on the screen, and I laugh every time because it just says Norm McDonald. Oh. And how funny is this man? He is not at all, <laughs> not at all. Which Does I think makes it even better. Work? <laughs> yeah, just do he's your very, work. He's a very plain, average gentleman. Ah, oh, so great. He's a plain Jane. Love it. Oh man. So a couple weeks ago, Scott Hamilton posted a video in our group and it was a cover of, was it one headlight that he did? It was one of the wallflower songs. I think it yeah. was, I think it was one headlight from the wallflowers. And then Ed Chu, I think said, Oh, Hey, we should all do like songs from this. So he like started assigning, you do this, you do this song. And basically the goal is to record an entire album worth of covers on live streams right and it was fun did you guys have fun did i mean i didn't do i was assigned uh, one and i never did it but same because oh okay well i had fun i have a dog Aaron, now, you guys. didn't know that we talked about it, do it no i didn't know it's very didn't insensitive well i didn't i just assumed the best i assumed there was something wrong with my internet that i just didn't see it i didn't want to like call you out publicly but now that I, you have, shame on you both. I'm sorry. <laughs> for not having done it. So then two weeks ago on this podcast, we talked about a Kelly Clarkson album. And I was like, hey, we should cover that the same way we did the Wallflowers album. So for the last two weeks, fingers crossed, because this is happening very early. People have been working, people have been working, people have been working hard covers. posting those covers. So we thought it would be fun to do a whole segment where... Every couple of weeks, we talk about an album, we listen to it, and then we send it out to you guys, the listeners, and the members of our group to Wait. do cover versions of all the songs on the album. We're That's, sending them the album? We're sending <laughs> yeah. them the album name. Oh. Okay. Via audio. Audio. <laughs> yes. We're sending But also, we're going we're gonna to play the album ears. in its entirety on our... We're just going to post it on our podcast. Yeah, I'll just put it, I'll tag it on at the end. <laughs> and this week's album for this segment that does Wait, not have Aaron, a name. Yes. I, I don't think I was. How did this album get cho- get choosed? So get I'm, I was about to explain that to you. Oh. Well, to everybody, but I'll tell you first. Tell me. You ready? Yeah. Just so listeners, close your ears. Don't listen. Shh, Earmuffs. Just, just, just um, I posted. I posted in our secret group for the street crew okay. about the idea and said, suggest some albums and Luke Mundy suggested an album. And this is the one that we chose. Oh, yes. Shout out to Luke Mundy. All right. Hey, 
Our listen, crossover. everybody, we're done. It's listen time now. Okay, everybody listen up. Stop not listening. Stop li- not listening. <laughs> yeah, stop not listening. Stop now not listen. unlistening. <laughs> so I posted in a, in a group of supporters of the show asking for some feedback. What should we do? What album should we choose? Luke Mundy said, hey, it would be great if you guys did Breakaway by Kelly Clarkson. To which I replied, Luke, That's you idiot. Been done, you freaking moron. Um, get your head out of the sand, you ostrich. <laughs> you idiot. Uh, so he said, nope, not doing that twice in a row. So instead he said, well, how about... And then, yeah, he just randomly said, oh, well, maybe... How about, what is it, Recovering the Satellites? Recovering the Satellites. And I said, I don't know what that is. And so I looked it up. Turns out it's an album from a band called Counting Crows. Or The Counting Crows, as I have always called them for some reason. Yes, The Counting Crows. Not just any Counting Crows, The Counting Crows. There was another recommendation for Emily Harris that I do plan on doing at some point. The DCs? Yeah. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. I already know what song I want. We need to spend a little more time deciding that, probably. Yeah. So for this week, we all listened to this album, and you guys are pretty are familiar with it, right? I'm very familiar with it. I mean, I I was aware of it. So, Cole, tell us about your experience with this album. What does it mean to you? Well, what it means to me, what does this album mean to me? What it means to me is I'm writing. I'm trying to write my thesis statement here. (laughs) Um. What so this I album means to me, I mean, this was like very much like BMG era. I had like six or seven BMG accounts, you know, all mm-hmm. with different names. Most of them were like, you know, Richard something or whatever, you know, yeah, kind of immature jokes. I'm not proud of it. I'm less proud of that than I am about just like lying about being all these people. So I could get free CDs. So <laughs> um, August and everything after, Everyone is familiar with that album. That, that has, that's an album? Know, yes, that's Counting Crow's album that preceded this. It's not their first album, I don't think, but it's that's one that has Mr. Jones. Mr. And, Jones and me. And it has Round Here. Yes, Aaron, that's how it goes. What's Round Here? That I don't know that song. Round Here, always stand up straight. So I will say before before listening to this album. Oh, and it has it has Rain King. Before listening to this album today, the only two songs from Counting Crows I knew was Mr. Jones. Phil, please, he's talking. And that Paradise song. Is that their song? What? That Paradise put up a parking lot. Yep, they yes. wrote that song. I mean, that's they did cover. not write that song. That's a Joni Mitchell song. Yeah. They stole it from Amy Grant. So was it them and like Vanessa Carlton did it together? Was it a duo? I don't know. But they also had a song on the Shrek 2 soundtrack that was... <laughs> this was like past... I mean, they were like a very big... They also did Omaha. Omaha, somewhere in middle America. Get right to the heart of matters. They had raining. Actually, we should have just done this album, honestly. But they had like five <laughs> huge radio hits on that on that album. An album with the hits on. <laughs> yeah, I like that we did an album that. Was yeah, me too. Their follow up, yeah, hits. and apparently, apparently that was their first album. So that was in '93, and then Recovering Satellites came out in '96. Dang. Um, 
And so I was like, I listened to that a bunch and I, I liked August and everything after more, but I would listen to this CD straight through and, you know, listen to every song and I enjoyed it all and everything. I remember seeing them live and it was like, they, they kind of lost me because they, they go so like what, what was your takeaway from this album as far as like the style of music? It sounds to me like, like it's very 1996. Totally. It's like right. The most 1996 thing I've ever heard. It's just like radio alternative yeah. radio rock songs. Yeah. That are catchy, like kind of poppy hints at grunge, but it's like all yes. major chords. Totally. And like the dude's got the voice. Like, half of these songs yeah he has like he can hit high notes really well yeah. most of the songs do build up to some high notes mm, it's like great. half of these songs oh, could be on like <laughs> you know <laughs> they could be on movie soundtracks of like hit yeah, movies. yeah so if you see him live they're more like and, and they're very similar to dave matthews where like mm. all of their songs are these radio hits and super consumable you know mass have mass appeal and everything and then when they play them live, they're like 20 minutes long and they sound you're nothing. Jam band. And it's like the whole reason I like your songs are meant to be sung along to. And then is you cannot sing along to them when you see them live <laughs> because you have no idea what the guy is going to do, you know? Huh. Interesting. So anyway, so that was my experience with the album. I always really enjoyed it. I stopped listening to it soon after just because it is like, I don't know. It's not like you said, it's super poppy and just like, it's not the type of thing you're going to put on over and over just to listen to. You'll enjoy yeah. it when you do hear it. It's but. pretty good. The one thing I would say, like my big critique is it kind of all blends together. Totally. Like, if you listen to it while you're doing something, you're like, Oh, it's, I listened to the whole thing and yeah, that was it. Except long December, which is, arguably the biggest song off of yeah, it because it's just there's, I mean, there's not there's good songs in there because just piano but other yeah. than the, like the vast majority of the songs sound almost identical yeah the funny thing is like this is the kind of album that i hated when i was in high school because like really? all Why? i wanted to do was listen to punk rock and this was like the antithesis of that you know? yeah that's that's like why i stopped listening to it because i was just listening to punk I don't even remember hearing it. I guess it came out when I was in the what eighth grade, but yeah, I don't even ever remember listening to it. And then, I mean, I you definitely have heard "Long December" before. Yeah, maybe. Don't I'm don't, telling you that you've don't heard do it that, before. Aaron. Don't Aaron, do don't do this. Stop telling me to not do don't. things. <laughs> don't you dare, Aaron. We know, we know you heard the song. Don't say you didn't. So should we just pivot right now and just do, we should let people cover August and everything after too? No, we got to do the whole album. Okay. I haven't even talked about it yet. Yeah. Okay. Phil, talk Phil about it. tell us about. Do you know that Courtney Cox it. is in the video for a long December? What? I didn't know that off the top Did of Did you my know head. Courtney Cox is in, her freaking start was in a, um, the boss apparently Bruce you didn't Springsteen know either. Out, uh, Bruce, yeah. Bruce 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 Spring. she's like a girl in the crowd who get he pulls her up on stage 
Um, okay, so then what does he do? This album, I, Aaron, demanded that I listen to this album yep. before I did. recording this episode, and I obliged because I'm a professional. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Describe laugh. yourself. Describe yourself, <laughs> professional podcaster. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, pro. Even here, here's how professional I am. First of all, he gave me this assignment this morning and I had a lot to do that today. So Mm. I tried to grout this album into my day, but because of how much of a professional I am, I constantly, sometimes I was driving while I was listening to it and I would think of something, Oh, I need to write that down. And I would pull multiple times today. I pulled over my car to take my phone out and write something down about the album. Yeah. About my experience with the album. Okay. So here, here are my notes. Nice. Um, okay. Track one, the freaking tremolo that comes in. Yeah, dude. It's oh my dude. It's I, zero to a hundred tremolo. I was like, so in, and I hate, I hate tremolo so much, but like, I don't know if it's 10 or 15 seconds in, when that freaking tremolo hits, I was like, oh, I dig it so much. <laughs> Dude, honestly, the guitars on this album ba, ba, sound ba, ba, great. Ba, 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 ba. Oh, yeah. So, I so did much. like the sound of it. Um, okay, so that, that's what I wrote down for track one. Um, track two. Um, oh, okay. So, uh, okay, here's literally what I wrote down. But isn't Catapult, isn't Catapult just a Pearl Jam song? Like that first track is a Pearl Jam song. Okay. I mean, That's funny that you say that because here's my it's notes. It's not for a Pearl two. Jam song, but it might, but as, it well might as well be. Track two, this is what I wrote down. I might have been driving when I wrote this. Riff identical to Stone Temple Pilot's song. Yeah. Quote, waiting on a soul tree. <laughs> on this day. <laughs> Okay, you ready? You ready for the thing? Uh, that was my least favorite song. Yes. There's a riff in this song that is almost identical, and I'd like to know <laughs> which song came out first. I'm guessing the, the Stone Temple Pilots did because this is '96. Oh my gosh! Okay, yes, it's for sure. Is that Lush? That. Is that the name of the song? Yes. Well, yeah, that I don't was know. like their names. Their plush. Plush. They just need to name their songs one of the words that's in the song. Yeah, these guys definitely trailed that entire movement, which you can tell. Like, it almost sounds like if you were going to make that music in a lab, but make like the 14 year old, the the version that appeals to 14 year olds, you know? Mm -hmm. It's like the Kids Bop version of Grunge or whatever. (laughs) Which is funny because, like, their first album that August album is more like almost like blues traveler kind of like totally it's very yeah yeah it's 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 just pop music yeah and it's weird that they like went i guess it's because it was selling but it's such a weird it didn't sell i mean the first album had to have sold so many more than the second one i would think it's like a weird move i wonder if they like felt like like they wanted to be harder or if that was like a record label thing yeah so that one they've sold Six million and jeez, 
I wonder how many of this one. So I mean, more popular, Counting Crows or Cameron Crow? (laughs) (laughs) Counting Crows are still, and this is another thing that I thought that kind of turned me off. Or Black Crows. One of my friends in high school, his sister would like follow them. They're kind of like fish in a weird way. Weird. Well, it's more like it's more. It's they're very similar to Dave Matthews. They're like a poor man's Dave Matthews. Dave because Matthews. Because all three of those, which is an indictment, like obviously. Love weed. I guess, but like a... she would like travel. Like she's seen him like five hundred times, and like she she would go to concerts with us too, and like talk. You know, we'd be at like a freaking AFI concert or something, and she's talking about going and seeing Adam Duritz or whatever his name is. I'm pretty sure it's Adam Duritz, lead singer. Guy oh, with the big old dreadlocks. Yeah. And it was like, how of all like I don't understand I, I don't necessarily agree with the people who have if you know, like AFI, for example, who get an AFI tattoo, but I at least understand how you get obsessed with that type of band because they are unique in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah. But like, can you imagine becoming obsessed with this band? No. It's like it's so like so much of their stuff is so vanilla. And I I'm a fan of theirs. Like I really like a lot of their songs, but I cannot imagine being obsessed with it, you know? Yeah, it's a weird... It's a, It's always weird when people are obsessed with things that are very popular. Yeah. Like, just be the normal amount... Like, like we're all obsessed with The Office, but we're not, like, obsessed with The Office. Yeah, you know? it's not like I have... Although I do know a guy who has an Office tattoo. <laughs> what? That is so weird! Yeah. I hope uh, it's of like Todd Packer or something. No, I'm trying to think of remember what it was. It's something with Dwight. Like Shroot uh, Farms or something. Yeah, if I'll it's just like a quote, then that's you. dumb. It's like a picture of like a bunch of references together in like one portrait of Dwight. I don't like that, Aaron. I'm just telling you what it is. I don't I'll like find that. it. I'll send it to you. But it is. Yes, it is weird. It's like somebody having like freaking office wallpaper or something. You know, or an office tattoo. Yeah, it's very okay. I just, I just sent you guys a picture. I don't know why. So today I'm listening to this album, and so I've got Counting Crows on the brain, and I was thinking about the dudes' dreads, and then it occurred <laughs> to me this very specific movie from a very specific time that nobody cares about, nobody remembers, called PCU. Yeah. And John Favreau, before he was John Favreau, is one of the characters in it. And I was like, holy crap. I just realized they made John Favreau look as much like the singer of Counting Crows. <laughs> like the, that was the look they were going for. And, and is that the look Pivs? In the picture I just sent to you. Is that Jeremy Piven? Mm-hmm. Yes, it is Jeremy Piven. And he was the star of that movie. So here's that's the one that's like uh it's like a nineties remake of Animal House kind of. I mean, it was sort of trying to be that, but like But here's the co- thing. It's a college movie. Yes. Yeah. I know this is like oh a gosh, different that's funny. this is a different rabbit hole, but I was always annoyed at all of the a-holes who and I spent like, you know, my whole life going to concerts or whatever. <laughs> and oh my gosh. That tattoo is awful. It's so large. Is it on his torso or his arm? It's on that his arm. Is, what is that fur? That's his, his armpit. Oh, okay, good. 
Oh my gosh. Okay, so the whole the whole <laughs> idea of not wearing a band's t-shirt to the concert comes from that movie. Yes, it does. Don't be. And like it's like, it. oh, you're you're now going to quote me and say that like, oh, that's not cool because of something freaking Jeremy Piven said in some stupid '90s movie. <laughs> Forgetful. Like, you're an yes. idiot. <laughs> Although you don't think that that's a rule. I do think that it's a rule, but I think that the premise is false. I do not wear a band's shirt to their to their gig, but I think that it's a stupid rule that's based on some dumb line that Jeremy Piven said. So you're saying you follow the rule, but you disagree with the rule. Yeah, there's yeah, exactly. Cause I'm a normal human being, even rules that I think are kind of silly, you know, like I can't think of a great example right now during this global <laughs> pandemic of a rule okay. that we should all just follow. But some of us feel like we shouldn't. <laughs> freaking okay. Idols. Let me go back to my notes. <laughs> Track three, the Hammond organ is pretty dope. Um, it sounds kind of, uh, it's kind of starting to lean towards country-ish, but, um, it sounds so, so nineties. It reminds me of, I know this is, this is like very music nerd, but, um, uh, Brian Wilson from the beach boys had an unfinished album. You mean from the bare naked ladies song? recorded in 97 smile called smile and then he released it in like like the 2000s or something yeah it this this album i I did not know any of the songs on it listening to this album felt like like Mm. what i've what i've read about the beach boys album smile like in my mind I'm very familiar with the 90s. I was in high school in the 90s. We love the 90s, just like VH1. I love the 90s. And listening to this album was like, this is the 90s, even though I've never experienced this album before. Mm -hmm. Yeah, It's so so 90s. I've never heard it, it, and it's completely familiar. Cannot be overstated how 90s this is. Except for the fact that when you say 96, because when when I say the 90s, I actually mean early 90s but 96 like we already had freaking limp biscuit and britney spears in 96 uh, we didn't have britney spears in 96 what are you talking about yeah no sure? that was yeah it was yeah, like britney spears was 99 96 I mean, was lie. still early we i know that corn? was like that was like when you were working okay, on sorry. your first graduate degree or whatever but we did have were... corn and we did have crap did we have Backstreet Boys yet? Not in 96, no, those, I don't those think. Those bands all came out in like... Those were like 98, 99. Damn it. Yeah. Okay, we did have Corn though. It's okay. I mean, Just let that point go. That point's wrong and move on to your next point. Okay, Corn did exist, but yes. I want you to they were not this, on the scene. Fine. No, they this weren't was still, like mainstream. 96 was still very much like grunge and pop. No. It was like dominated. That was like Bare Naked Ladies, the freaking uh, Closing Time, the the we got the music but here's here's what i mean when 96 because it's not like it's not peak grunge but it's like post grunge where exactly all the things that people liked about grunge have now been made into radio hits yeah i know this because i worked at rainbow snow in 96 and i remember i don't want to brag and that's all you do all day is listen to the radio 
And so I know exactly what was on the radio. That was when like you know, Brian Wilson, like we talked about. What's Rainbow Brian Wilson's Snow? song by Bare Naked Ladies was on the radio. Oh. Wait, what? I don't know what you're... What is Rainbow Snow? It's a snow cone shack. Brian uh, Wilson oh, of okay. the Beach Boys wrote a song for Bare Naked Ladies. Is no, Bare Naked Ladies no. have a song called Brian Wilson. Lying oh, in oh, bed <laughs> just like Brian Wilson did. Gotcha. Okay. Okay, I've got to make a correction because I'm sure somebody's going to like freaking try to... Apparently that was released in 92, but it was still on the radio in 96, so get off my jock about it. Follow the leader. Corn. Follow the leader was 98. Yeah, I'm, ba- I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm going to go out on the limb. I'm just, like, just abandon that entire premise and move yes, on to the next one because it was wrong. I was wrong. It was flawed. However, I, I feel this sound. You guys already said it. This album came out like very much after the sound it was imitating. Not necessarily like, though, because there were still so many like there was still like freaking third eye blind coming out. Yeah, but I don't even count like I'm I'm saying like here's what if I'm you're saying. just talking about grunge. I mean, this isn't that reminiscent of grunge, honestly. The fact that that track three is like literally almost a ripoff of that riff of this very like Jen's Blossom from like to four blossoms four years earlier. Yeah, but four uh, years isn't that long. Dude. You're, you're talking about early, you're saying it's early 90s and it was 96. Like, this is a weird, why are you choosing this aspect to talk about for so long? I don't, well, I don't know why you're, I, I'm saying that they like, that they listen, they listen to this music and they're like, yeah. that's cool. Let's make an album like all those albums. Right, yeah. right. Pearl Jam. But they weren't that. But they weren't that late to the game. To 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 ape somebody's sound four years later is not that long. Like I'm just saying that 96. You're acting like 96 was a completely different world from 92, and that's just not the case. I was wrong that it was a different world, but I am right that they were like, "Hey, that's a good sound." Two completely different arguments. I'm. But yes, you're absolutely right. That they borrowed. They borrowed very many (laughs) of those things. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Till I hear it from you was 1995. Yeah, dude. See, like any, I feel like any of these songs could See, have been an Empire record. Here's here's the crazy thing, yes, though. Yes, See, yes, exactly. Which was 95. You guys, that movie singles. Part of this yeah. is like speaking. You guys Cameron are Crow. acting if as if this was a reaction to the sound of the time, and like Counting Crows was a bigger influence than I'm not saying this to like defend counting crows as a band, but they were like one of the huge bands at the time. Yes. They weren't like pretending to, you know, no, they I mean, like I stealing think... everyone else. Part of the reason this sounds nineties is because of the counting Cro- of counting crows. Right. That's fair. Like they were an enormous band, you know? Yeah. But so is Creed. I don't see what that has to do with anything. <laughs> I don't either. I'm not saying, I'm saying that has nothing to do with their quality, but what I'm saying is you're trying to say, oh, they were borrowing all these different sounds from these different times. And the reason this sounds 90s is partly because of them. Right. 
I, I, but like I don't. They were defining understand. part of the sound at the time. You know what I'm saying? Certainly their first album. Did you guys all hang up on me? <laughs> no. <laughs> My take was too hot. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's fine. That's fair. I don't know. But it is it is an interesting like they talked about this on you talking U two to me because they'll they'll talk about how so many of U 2s albums sound very much in the time they were recorded, and then they talked about the fact that like yeah that's because you associate that time with this sound now partially because of this album right I think the reason like why you're mixing why up that's, the egg and the chicken or whatever I think the reason why that's so striking is because I've never heard these songs totally I don't yes. know this album <laughs> yeah it's not like I'd listen to it. I've heard it. It's not like ubiquitous in my mind. And then I'm like, oh, that's 90s. And to be fair, most of this album isn't ubiquitous necessarily, but it was a very big album at the time, you know? Yeah, for sure. Like they, were, they were shaping part of the landscape and not just reacting to it, you know? Right. I need to find out how many it sold. That's fair. So you. Because I bet it voice. sold a surprising amount. I'm sure it sold millions because the scene was just, the thing, everything was smaller then. In terms yeah. of like, there were fewer things. Yeah, once you were popular, yeah, yeah, like once you reached that level of popularity, then you were going to sell millions. Okay, Phil, what's your next point? <laughs> um, I have one more thing written down. Okay, and that is for track nine. Dude, it sold the seven swingy, million copies. It's a lot. The swingy drums and seventies organ. I just I love it. It was like. It's so great. And then there's an organ solo that comes in at uh, 220. <laughs> and I love it so much. Yeah, dude. And that's all. Those are my notes. It is, it is very like joyful. I mean, it's kind of like fish in that way where it's easy to hate on, but f- for them, it's very unironic and just like happy joyful music you know shiny happy people exactly yeah Uh, it it has been a long december also you know part of what part of what makes it like you think about the a lot of the guitar sounds are so great they've got this hammond organ like they they have this debut album that's this huge hit and then they probably just had like the whole world at their fingertips as far as like studio you know instruments and studio time and stuff like that and they probably had all these producers and everything like they that's probably why because there's definitely like, more hey, going let's on do pearl jams sound wise there's more going on it's weird that you guys took so much grunge away from it because i i've never associated them with grunge in any way except for Me some neither. of the guitar until this what's that i i i associated them in my mind as like very nineties yeah, and not necessarily grunge. Yeah. Just but like listening to this, I felt like, no, 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 this feels like it's in, in the grunge family. It doesn't have like, it doesn't have maybe the, the melancholy like edge. He has like the that, least grunge voice on the planet though. I mean, he could like he could like be on Sesame Street or something with his voice, you know. <laughs> He's probably been on Sesame Street. He probably has. 
He should be on tell us Sesame how to get Street to with the hair. But, but that's what's. But that's part of it for me here. too is like in my mind, this probably I don't is think like they're their really grunge. They're like college rock. Yeah, it's like their gritty rock. departure. Like that's their good. first album was their high school album. This is their college, college album. rock is good, and it's their kind of departure from their original sound a little. They're bit. like left of center, but still. But super still, popular. so many of these songs are very joyful, and that is not grunge. You know what I'm saying? I don't even I, know what grunge is to be honest. I know. It's like, have you ever heard of uh, Creed? Yes. Bratton? Yes. But like all the bands. He was in a band called Roots and they were grunge. The Grassroots. Grassroots, yeah. All the bands that people say are grunge like don't sound the same. Like they're real grunge bands. Yeah. It's like punk, I guess. Like what does a punk band sound like? Or it's even like 90s alternative because this is 90s alternative and so is. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's a better word for it. R.E.M. Instead of saying like trying to force it in the grunge yeah, it's just alternative. It's '90s alternative for sure. Okay, so here is a here Except is one aspect. Seven million albums. So alternative to what? Exactly. <laughs> that alternative to it is it is crazy though in hindsight because at the time, it's crazy Guns that something could be that huge, and because nowadays you are you can only consume such a small percentage of what's out there. But at the time. Yeah, the fact it's that weird I've that never an, album heard an album sold seven million copies and you never heard seven million. It. Exactly, that's right? super weird. <laughs> okay, here's one thing that stuck out to me that is also very '90s and so reminiscent of '90s alternative. Cole, you is had that? Your chance. What's that? You had your chance. What do you mean? I'm just kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> I was confused. Oh, because I already talked about it ten minutes ago. Yes, you talked, and then it was my turn. You want to know what the oh, top eleven, okay. Just the top eleven albums from two thousand from nineteen ninety six? Is it on there? I have it on a different website. Um, hit me, no. baby, one more time. Number eleven, uh, Backstreets Back. All right. No, stop. Neither, neither of <laughs> those are album names. Okay, sixteen Stone by Bush. Oh, dude, that okay. album's so good. Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness is that is 10. so good too. Smashing Pumpkins. Number eight is the Beatles Anthology One. Stupid. No. Number That's seven, right. Fresh Horses by Garth Brooks. Whatever. Okay. Number I'm six, a... The Woman and Me by Shania Twain. Okay. Oof. Number five, The Score from the Fugees. Nice. Number four, The Good. Soundtrack from Waiting to Exhale. What? <laughs> what did that have on it? I have no idea. It must have had some huge songs on it. Number three is Falling Into You by Celine Dion. Yeah, dude. Oh the number two album here? of 1996 is Mariah Carey's Daydream. Okay. And number one is Jagged Little Pill from Alanis Morissette. Dude. Oh, wow. Okay. So that's crazy. That's a lot of women, like right at the top. That's cool. I feel and then like right I... after that is Tupac, Oasis, Metallica, Alan Jackson, Bone Thugs and Harmony. Boom, 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 boom. R. Kelly, Damn. Tracy Chapman, No Doubt. And number 20 is Gangsta's Paradise by Coolio. Dude. Wait. All of those you albums said, you are. You just said huge. No Doubt. Wait. Tell me. Where does No Doubt fit in that? They're 19. Tragic Kingdom. Okay, okay see, here's the, the thing. 19th okay. biggest album. By album sales? Yeah. And how many did it sell? I'm going to look. I got to find out. Tragic Kingdom, was that? That was their that first That was their one? big breakout. It's pretty know. wild yeah, that an album like can sell 7 million copies and not even be in the top hit? 20. Yeah, it had like Spiderwebs, Just a Girl. Yeah, Dude, that was their biggest. Crazy. That's that was crazy because album. that album, like, you could you could kind of argue 
the fact that that was like 96, that album, think about all those other albums. Mm -hmm. That album is like fun and like, well, it's, you know, it's Scott. Like it, it has that Scott influence, right? It's like yeah. pushing. It's lyrically every... dark. I mean, but most yeah, of those albums, sure. you had like freaking Garth Brooks, Celine Dion and Shania Twain on there. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You had, you had Bush and, and freaking Smashing Pumpkins, but they were at the bottom of the list. It's so that was sold, still when a lot of people were still pretty happy about things. It sold 8.2 million as of 2012. Okay, so so this was pretty close to the top yeah. 20. So yeah, it's it's crazy that like you could sing, well, I mean all those albums were huge. I couldn't sing any of the country ones just cuz I'm not familiar with them, but I bet you would recognize some of the Shania Twain songs. Oh, obviously. The track list. I feel like a woman. I was just yeah. say. Na, 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 na. Let's go girls. <laughs> <laughs> that don't okay. impress me much oh 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 so yeah yeah for sure you didn't let me finish my point i'm sorry every single one of these songs or almost every single one has a very approachable guitar solo that you could probably play <laughs> there's so many guitar solos in this and the guitar sounds are great and none of them are very complex or difficult to play right did you guys notice that at all yeah it's very simple not simplistic necessarily but yeah yes i would i would i would say it's like weezer in that way it's it's super great because because it sounds super the the tone of the guitar is super awesome but yeah. not like there's no meatly meatlies no nope, like, none they're barely going past the 12th fret right, yeah. so play these on a classical guitar with a pickup <laughs> By the way, yeah. Jagged Little Pill has sold 33 million worldwide. Dude, that's crazy. Over 16 million in the United States alone. For, man, it's easy that's to forget another how album. huge Alanis Morissette was. That'd be a good one to cover too. We'll that's that. another album that has like almost every song on it is a hit. Is a like, hit. Yeah, yeah, dude. For sure. That's how like in my mind for some reason the album that defines that idea is Hootie and the Blowfish. Hmm. Because over half those songs were so huge. Hold my hand. <laughs> I guess the Blue Album was the same way. Like It's crazy how many songs from that yeah. got significant radio play. But yeah, that was one thing that stuck out to me. Not only that the guitars sounded great, but but that all the solos were... It made me excited for some of the covers that people are going to do. The best that I hope the they're going to do. I, I feel like I should add a disclaimer to this. I know how to play two songs on the piano and one of them happens to be long December. I have so played it before on a live Is the stream, other one a Ben Folds five song? No, the other one is a Coldplay song actually. Oh, okay. Come up to meet you. What is it? Is it a scientist? That is a scientist. Yeah. Yeah. I should Coldplay's clarify that, uh, Tragic Kingdom has sold 16 million worldwide. It was 8 million just US sales. Okay. So they weren't as close as we thought. Yeah. But still, 7 million. And this was like, like this album, that. even though it sold 7 million copies, it very much was like, it, it wasn't as disappointing as like yeah. in the Blowfish is. It's a album. double platinum album still in the yeah. US. But it, but it was a disappointment compared to the, it's weird though, that it sold more copies than their first album. Cause their first album is so, has so many more huge hits on it. Hmm. Let's see the album. Ours. 
Oh it's no! Wait, the live one album. sold six million. Oh, the live one did. Jeez, let me look up that one now. August, August, and everything after. I'm sure it sold a ton. Yeah. Here you go. In 1996, for Entertainment Weekly, Ken Tucker said that the album deserved a C, and that Duris's yelling and moaning were yeah indicative of the Counting Crows's sound as a pastiche of its influences. Cole. His totally and his voice on some <laughs> of the songs, like his he has an amazing voice when he wants to, and then he does this little like whiny <laughs> thing or like it's really distracting on some of the songs, isn't it? I didn't notice, but I'm sure uh, like it's yeah, definitely it's, he intentionally bends uh bends notes. Yeah. But also I would say he like what's cool is he chooses melodies that are like n- not there were multiple times where i thought this melody is going to go this direction uh-huh and then he doesn't do that yeah he totally which i like, appreciate let's be honest he has a great he obviously has a great voice he has good like high range and everything and it's very clear and all that but yeah i i i I actually was thinking that as I was listening to it today as well, that his voice. Overall, let's give it an overall score uh, on a scale of one to 10. No, let's pick an album. No. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I don't want to say pick one an to album. 10. Instead of one to 10, let's pick an album. I want to say, I don't want to say one to 10. I want to say, I don't want to say, is this album better or worse? Or how better or worse is it than Jagged Little Pill? No, it's yeah. way worse. It is, but how worse? Yeah. It's, it's infinitely worse. worse than Sixteen yeah. Stone by Bush. It's <laughs> yeah, it's not even like comparable to Jagged Little Pill. No, I'm gonna say it's five worse than Jagged Little Pill. Your scale sucks. I hate you. Five what? <laughs> Just give it a ranking from one to ten. How much worse is it than that Celine Dion album that he mentioned? Well, I don't know that album at all. I bet you know every song on it. (laughs) I give this like like a six or something. Uh, I was going to say like a seven. Out of what? Out of ten, stupid, like I said. (laughs) Wow. Out of ten, you stupid idiot. (laughs) Ten, duh. Ten, duh. I give it a seven point. I give it a 6.8. It's not amazing. Oh, now we're adding, so it's like a 100 scale, basically. No. 6.83. Aaron, <laughs> oh, that is wrong. What do you give it out of 10, Phil? Okay, four stars. Out of four stars, I give it two and a half stars. I give out it four two stars? out of four. Two and a half. Two and a half. I give it, yeah. I give it two and a half stars. Out of here's, here's another anecdote. I was playing this album on our Amazon Alexa. I don't want to brag. No big deal. Downstairs. Just rocking out. And my wife came down and after a couple minutes, she said, Alexa, stop. And I was like, (laughs) what the heck? And she was like, I'm sorry. I can't take any more of it. (laughs) Beautiful. That's how I feel too. But I'm happy to see covers. Because it is like, it does feel like if when you listen to this front to back, like a 50 minute song (laughs) and 
all the songs sound so similar except yeah. for long december and maybe goodnight elizabeth which is my other favorite song is different too but like they all sound so similar it's crazy it's crazy <laughs> it's pretty crazy so think about a song that you like i think it. this is a good cover. i think good this one. is a good precedent though to not just choose albums that are that just we amazing like. and that we oh yeah love. that too yeah I mean, we should do 16 Stone at some point because the album is incredible. Yeah. And I want to hear a bunch of crazy distortion and people singing loud. That's all. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. I just want to say thanks for friendship and thanks for covers. (sighs) Thanks for friendship. Thanks for friendship. What else are you thankful for? I'm thankful for Jagged Little Pill. Okay, dude. Oh, I honestly love thankful that album for so misremembering albums of the late albums, nineties, the early nineties. No. What are the what albums have you listened to the most that were on that list? Probably Jagged Little Pill for really? me would be the one. Me too. It's probably for me. It's either the score. The Fugees or 16 Stone. Uh, 16 Stone I've listened to a lot too. Yeah, dude. I've also listened to, it's not, it's number 13, but the more, what's the story of Morning Glory? I've listened to a ton. That No Doubt album I've listened to, like, I could maybe karaoke from memory, not every song on there, but like, more than half the songs on there. See, it's too bad because I was already like so into ska by that point mm. that it was too like main. Oh, this is like sellout mainstream ska. It's so but I, like it's missed super, it, you know. It's like, but it's really different though. It totally it clearly has like ska influences, and I know they got their start in ska, blah blah blah. But like, but that doesn't make it bad. Yeah, you know? it's it, it's not like like there are other albums there are other bands that were like we're trying to make ska like well sorry i'm i'm thinking of oh crap i'm thinking of christian bands <laughs> which doesn't count didn't we already say thanks for thanks for friendship yeah yeah okay. all right guys thanks for friendship again thanks for friendship again thanks for friendship again listen to tragic kingdom listen to Atlantis. listen to 16 stone Listen to this Counting Crows album and then do a cover. Listen to that sound that Celine Dion album. Listen to Mariah Carey. Vive, vive Don't listen to Garth Brooks. 